0: Welcome to Leadership on the Run episode 20, identifying the source of conflict and how to deal with it. Today, just for fun, we're running around our offices in Queen's Road in Melbourne.
1: Leadership on the Run is a podcast series created by Allen Consulting Australia, with directors Janine Brown and myself, psychologist Paul Saunders, We're here to give you quick solutions and answers to the most common people leadership challenges in today's workplaces. We will inform, educate and inspire you so you can start living your people leadership potential today. We will talk you through the practical how-to instructions for mastering that challenge so you can level up your people leadership capability.
0: Hi, Paul. How are you?
1: Busy. <laughs> <laughs> running, running, running around our office.
0: Come on, our desks are only about six metres apart.
1: Okay, I'm just trying to make it really big, but it's <laughs> not, that big, not big in office. But, you know,
0: we are running. Even though that is a, a small space, we've had the occasion where there's been misunderstanding about what has been said and um, conflicts arisen out of that. And this is a fairly common, normal sort of approach to uh, work life, isn't it?
1: Yes, I look, I've come to accept after growing up in a family of eight brothers and sisters, conflict is common. (laughs) So um, having to learn how to actually understand it and how to work with it and get the resolution has been a lifetime journey of mine.
0: Well, let me help you with that today. Uh, We're going to be looking at Christopher Moore's Circle of Conflict Adaptation. And um, this builds on our episode that we did on conflict, and that was – talking about the Thomas Kilman approach, where that's the style of conflict resolution that you use as a, uh, a resolver of conflict. This is now looking at, well, when you've got conflict with persons, that there are six categories that you can identify what is the source of their conflict, because often you are seeing the surface result of the conflict, a bit like the iceberg model, underneath there is a source of the conflict and there are six sources that he's identified in his his work and they um, start with data conflict where there's either a lack of information or in our case in the office, misinformation, um, ideas of... Or, inter-
1: or interpreting the data differently. Exactly. You know, we see this often happens in organizations. Someone's presented a whole lot of data and people could be reading it differently or not understanding it. And so it's that misunderstanding occurs because of the way the data's been presented or the way that actually we're reading the data. I've got a
0: really good example of that. My friend has just posted on Facebook about her daughter turning 18 and this is what she wrote. She wrote, happy birthday. It was just you and me for a while and you were the best company. And her husband has replied and goes, pretty sure I was there at the start too. <laughs> <laughs> and she's written back, I meant without siblings. <laughs> <laughs> but that's just how easily things can be misinterpreted. Misunderstood. Yes, that's yeah. right. Yep. Th- that's a data conflict.
1: And you're right, though. That's what we often see with Twitter and Facebook, people actually then sharing information, and it can trigger because of misreading it or misinforming about the information. All of a sudden we have, you know... Dare I say, you know, global warfare?
0: (laughs) Don't. Over over Twitter, that is. (laughs) Yes. So um, I think that's called trolling, isn't it? Oh, okay then. (laughs) Anyway, so data conflicts, um, how you can manage and resolve a data conflict, if you notice that in your conversations, is um, actually call it out, identify it. And much like my friend did there, then give your definition of it without being judgmental, this is what I meant, Um, and then you can then you can both see, oh, well, you were looking from different lenses perhaps. Um,
1: And I think it is accepting is that someone may be seeing it from a different perspective like the husband was there (laughs) and so they did then just reaffirm and clarify. Exactly. It helps. Mm.
0: And the other way is to um, agree to develop some data together. So, you know, this is the data we've got. Well, what can we develop together? And yes. in a sense, that's what they were doing there on Facebook. They were developing the story yes. for all of the readers uh, to know that he was, in fact, at the birth of yes. his Yes, that's right. He
1: was part of the beginning. And yeah. the thing is that data conflict turned into what's one of the second one is relationship conflict. Okay. Where now it wasn't about the data. Now it's also about the relationship between the two people. And this is where sometimes relationship conflict, and it's again being clear, is it a relationship conflict or is it a data conflict? And it's being clear about what is that situation happening.
0: Yeah, so if you have an inkling that it may not be just the data, it could be something about some trouble that they've had in their past or there may be a negative emotion sitting under there or maybe there is an assumption or a projection, something negative um, happening there. What you need to do is really just put yourself... In a situation where you can be a little bit vulnerable, like admit that you know, well, this is what I had said, or you know, show that there is some vulnerability about yourself, and that is the way that you can um, start to resolve or at least identify and address a relationship conflict.
1: Yeah, so often, sometimes a relationship conflict can be from a personal one where you've had a breakup and then you meet them again in a different environment. And, you know, yes,
0: like a boss that you had three years ago.
1: That's right. Yeah. It pops up again and so all of a sudden you're thinking, oh, how am I going to – that's a relationship conflict. I've got to manage now the relationship in a different way. I've either got to have the conversation about setting some ground rules or principles about, look, how we are going to work together? It's that sort of type of conversations needed to establish a realignment around the relationship not about their skills and task; it's about now how they work together.
0: That's right, and the, and you notice this in organisations when you feel tension. So maybe you're recruiting for a new team member. You may have somebody that you have worked with in the past wanting to join your team. Um, then you need to address your own assumptions and your own tension that's that's there. Yes, as absolutely. Well. And often, yeah.
1: sometimes you even see this where you see people not talking to each other in the same office
0: or leaving. The meeting because they can't handle it anymore.
1: That's right. So, there you know, you've got to be more of a relationship conflict has to be worked. And again, could have been something else started off it, but it's now become a relationship conflict and has to be addressed from that perspective first as well.
0: And that springs to mind if that's not really what is building the tension, it could be a language conflict, which is the third category that you might want to look out for, where people talk over each other or they're trying to describe terms and definitions. And they have different communication styles. Remember, we spoke about DISC on a previous podcast. Um, Those of you familiar with MBTI is a communication um, categorizing tool. So there may be different styles on that. And that could cause a conflict.
1: Absolutely. And it could be purely just because of different backgrounds. I remember being in a meeting and there was IT people in the meeting, there were sales people in the meeting. And so the IT people are talking in their acronyms and their language compared to the salesperson's and therefore they were finding is they weren't actually really on the same page they're just using different words and stuff like that. And we see this sometimes in generations, you know. You know, thinking about is, you know, is LOL, you know, love you lots sort of stuff or is it, you know, lots of laughs, you know. And again, that generational type of thing and I'm not really sure all those things. the Last
0: be. One Laughing, that Rebel Wilson um, That's right, the show. yes, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right.
1: So, and it's, again, are we clear about the language, you know, and it's quite amusing to see sometimes you go into organisations, particularly I find more your professional or engineering type of organisations, you know, and they've got a whole book of all the different meanings and acronyms. Of course. To help themselves.
0: The, um, yeah, the corporate jargon that you use, which may be um, unique to your organisation or it could go across an industry, is a big communication um, Flaw, really, um, even though it's not supposed to be. And the way that you deal with it once you see it is agree on what the definition of the word is that you're going to be using. Yes. In that. We get to do that a lot as consultants because everybody uses their own different terms. Mm. But even the terms that are familiar to everybody, like uh, mission statement, aims, KPIs, priorities, mm. all of those have different meanings in different situations in, in organisations and it pays to be clear about what that is first. That brings me to the fourth conflict, which is... Um, about values, and these are world views and deep-seated held beliefs and, you know, habits, Um, you know, the idea of uh, you worked in the justice system, Paul, you know, the idea of punishment versus rehabilitation. (laughs) Yes, absolutely,
1: and different values is, you know, that someone viewed as, you know, they didn't think they were committing a crime. And some people, you know, our justice system was. So some people didn't necessarily believe what they were doing was wrong. And therefore, that's a different set of values. But you know, many wars over time have been created by different oh, yeah. values based on religious principles on different beliefs. We know, you know, for many times, you know, values about who's more superior than each other in a sense of race. Yeah, personal be- identity. Personal yeah. identity. All have based on some values and belief systems which have created conflict.
0: Now, if you find yourself in this side of situation, you really need to um, consciously agree to listen and discuss without judgment. And withholding judgment can sometimes be tricky when you've got a deep-seated belief. And, um you know, for instance, if you were sitting down with uh, some um, Texas gun holder owners who wanted to, <laughs> the rights to you know bear arms or whatever, and you're sitting down with an Australian who we don't really have that same sort of uh, passion for that approach to life um you've you well, we really haven't got grown
1: up in that sort of thinking, so Can we accept that that is something that they can believe in and it's okay, but it's also can they also either of us accept is we don't have to necessarily force each other to do that way either. We can actually choose that there are different values. But this is where sometimes if you are forming a team or an organization, it is helpful to probably see where are the common values because the values help influence the way we work. And this is where you often see organizations talking about are we living our values or we actually have a set of values to work together. And, you know, and, and different cultures do this.
0: And that's where I was going with that. Yeah, you, you need to actually identify which are the similar ones so that you can, in fact, sit together and discuss things. Mm. And there will be some things you agree to disagree on. Yeah. But then focus on the ones that you do agree on. Yes. So our fifth um, one is interest conflict. And this is the one that most people, most of you will be familiar with because it's more of the traditional negotiation stance, you know, substantive or procedural approach to, to conflict, you know, um, where you defend a position, you know. This is uh, where when we have spoken on podcasts about managing poor performance, you talk about how you separate the problem and behaviour from the person. And that's what, this is the same approach here. The interest conflict is, you know, look at not the person but what their interest is and, and speak to that. So um, unions think- versus employers us versus them, liberals versus Labor, that sort of approach.
1: I think the dilemma happens here is that when you take that position and we run what's called a zero-sum mentality, I'm not going to give in or it's, you yeah, know, it's, yeah. a, it's a black and white and it's a win-lose type of concept and that really doesn't help resolve any conflict and it does actually trigger conflict where you need to illuminate the fact that you know, we do have different interests. You know, it's sometimes, you know, it's the same as when you're going out with somebody, you find there are different interests. And hopefully you're finding where there's common interest and that helps build a relationship.
0: Yeah, and, and making sure that you've got options to choose from before you make a decision as opposed to what you were saying in the zero where you've got your decision already mm. going into the meeting. Yes, that's that's right. You're not open
1: to looking at other people's interests or ideas. That really doesn't help, and all it does is creates problems.
0: Yeah, and it doesn't create a win win at all. Um, And the final one is a structural conflict. And uh, as consultants, we see this quite a lot because we are outsiders, observers into um, somebody else's culture. Um, I was in one recently where we're recruiting for a senior management position, and people are fearful, well, maybe they're not fearful, there's a lack of role clarity around positions of power. And um, so they don't make decisions or they don't sit meetings or they don't state their opinions because – Either they haven't been told to by the person that they assume is in power or they're unclear about whether they should because maybe that's demarcation. Do you know what I mean? That's that's a structural conflict. It's a structural conflict. unequal power and authority.
1: And the problem with that is it's not clearly stated. No. It's not transparent who reports to who, who, what roles do what. And when you have that lack of clarity around roles and structure, that's when you get uh, people like you say... They don't know what to do. They don't choose clearly how to actually make things work, or they sit back because they don't know where they've got the authority to do it. And we find this a lot in organizations is, do your team members know what authority and empowerment do they have about choices, decision making? And this is where it helps as well. But look, structure can be also physical. I remember working for some organizations where you know, they had a, uh, uh, another part of their organization in a different building. And they just wouldn't go and visit them because they're just in another building. So why would we go and talk to them? You know, and it's that sort of like physical barriers can be created in the sense of that. And what happens you see is as they create different subcultures in the organization. And therefore that creates that challenge of differences.
0: And it's also resource. Um, play as well. They've got more resources than we have, but yes. not thinking to go and ask, could they share those resources? <laughs> <That's right>. <laughs> so,
1: <laughs> yeah, well, then we have pecking order, sense <laughs> of structure, and that's often happens. We see that, and you often see that in different organizations is, you know, which type of group has more power or influence or it gets more, you know, the rewards and things like that sort of things. So that creates structural issues as well. And it's just sometimes being more open and overt about those things. And also this is where it comes back to fairness. The fairness principle comes into the play of how your structure is. Are people being treated the same way and fairly in a sense of decision-making and openness about operating?
0: Sure. The, um, you know, using this uh, circle of conflict um, and being able to categorise, well, what is the real issue that the person is is dealing with that I'm trying to, you know, get some, you know, agreement with or is really going to help you reduce stress, you know, be less frustrated and and waste less time, really. If Absolutely. you can identify, if you can practice identifying what the real issue of conflict is and then taking these actions that we've mentioned around each of them, you know, by observing what people are saying and then categorising it into this, what sort of area of conflict and then addressing that as opposed to the, What might be presenting as a problem, I think you're going to be less stressed and less frustrated and things will be resolved much more quickly.
1: Oh, I think this is something I've said to a few organisations I've worked with is, why don't you incorporate conflict management and the circle of conflict in your induction? Be very upfront Mm, that it's conflict is something that happens in organisations, not intentionally, but it does because of these things. Most of it's actually unintentionally happening or unknowingly happening, structure, data, information, different language. And it says, if people have originally given the confidence and the training, okay, I need to recognize this and know how to work with it, rather than what happens is when they happen to it, most times they will go into what we call avoidance. I just, oh, it's not my responsibility. I see it, but I won't fix it. Because they've never been given the indication and skills and authority at the beginning of their journey in the organization to say, oh, okay, conflict can happen. Because conflict can actually be very positive if it's managed well. I can come and have two different interests, two different conversations, and out of that may come something quite more constructive or even stronger.
0: I think that's true. Thanks, Paul. The um, In the words of Sam Parker, making people aware um, means that you have more responsibility. And now that we've made you aware, it's now your responsibility to go out and resolve those conflicts. All right. Thanks very much, Paul. Thank you. Cheers. Bye.
1: You can gain more insights about this topic through our ebooks by going to our website lnc.com.au. And feel free to chat with us and ask us any questions on leadership or give us your feedback through our website lnc.com.au or via
0: our LinkedIn or Instagram. So until next time, do what you can to live your people leadership potential. Cheers.